I'm Pastor Talmadge French here at Apostolic Tabernacle, and I want to welcome each of you and thank you for your presence on behalf of the Latta family. When I think of the unique and precious relationship Sister French and I have had in being blessed to pastor and know Sister Latta and Brother Latta, I immediately think of the word gifted. I brought my two Sister Latta books. She not only wrote and published poetry, but she wrote me poetry. And she would bring it after a great service and say, the Lord gave me these words for you, Pastor. When she complimented our ministry here at the tabernacle in that way, we were receiving it with great and special honor. Just a few days ago, we were talking about if God was going to raise her up and do what he has done so many times before. Have you ever been healed by the power of God? And we were discussing all those times and the stories, and I was very touched as usual. And as she blessed my life, reached out to my family, and reached out to us, and rather than focusing on herself, this was a rare and beautiful quality that she possessed and that we loved so very much. Joyce Dean, Jojo Latta, has been dedicated to the Lord, born April 7th, 1935. But her entire life she was dedicated to God. From the time she was a child, she committed herself to the Lord and then to ministry ministry with her husband and with years of service to missions and as a missionary she was beloved and respected. Sister Latta, age 81 of Stockbridge, passed away December 13, 2016. She survived by her husband, Dr. Samuel L. Latta, and children, Reverend Samuel Allen Latta and wife Yvette Latta of Granbury, Texas, Dr. Gayla Holly and husband, Bishop Greg Holly of Houston, Texas, Marvin Latta and wife Lisa Latta of Rex, and Regan Latta and Carrie Latta of Houston, Texas, and a sister. Patty Tharp and husband, Reverend George Tharp of Des Moines, Iowa. And eight grandchildren and nine great-grandchildren. Oh 
and I've been a friend of the ladders more than 60 years. And I'm honored to have opportunity to say a few words. First of all, I want to read to you a letter from the Assistant General Superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church International for the Eastern Zone, uh, Reverend Paul Mooney. Dear Brother Latta and family, our prayers are with you on this day that God's comfort and strength will be yours in this time of loss. As your friends say around the world, Brother and Sister Latta are such great servants of the Lord. You have worked together, prayed together, built churches together, traveled into the most remote places on earth, preached, encouraged, and loved together, giving of yourselves and keeping the faith. Your friends are all praying for you today, knowing your sorrow and separation strikes deep in your heart. We love you. Mickey and I made every effort to be with you today, but it was impossible for us to overcome the obstacles. We are certainly thinking of you and yours, and we'll miss our beloved sister Lada, yours in Christ, brother and sister Paul Mooney. Likewise, condolences come from brother and sister Michael Tuttle, who are the regional directors for Europe and the Middle East, and condolences come from my son and his family, brother Rob Rodenbush. Emerson said this, when you drink refreshing water, never forget the spring from which it came. It's important to all of us and it's important to me that we stop to remember the people who have made a difference in our lives. Brother and Sister Laddick came into my life at a time when my destiny was at a crossroad. And they offered me refreshing water when I needed it most. I was only 16 years of age, and I realized now God was leading me all along the way. And it was at that time in my life that a young evangelist and his sweet, beautiful wife, Joyce Laddick, came to that little town. She was so sweet to me, always a smile and always patting me on the shoulder. And I loved them and that kind lady I became so intrigued and so remarkably impressed by her walk with God. In those days, she was definitely a great support to her husband and a wonderful mother to the children that began to come in their lives. I admired her, not only her modesty, but I admired the graceful way that she approached everything. Christian character and what a sweet, sweet spirit. I admired that so much. It was during their pastorate in that little town in southern Illinois that Brother Latta kept talking to me about being baptized. Well, you see, I had a Quaker background and Quakers don't baptize. And he just kept impressing upon me and his enthusiasm and his, his passion got a hold of that 16-year-old boy. And I knew my parents would consider 
me being baptized would mean I was becoming an apostolic Pentecostal. But finally, after many times of conversation, he convinced me that I needed to be baptized in Jesus' name. And the rest is history. I'll never forget how patient your wife was with us climbing up on roofs and trying to put shingles back on roofs when the tornado came through Cesar and blew everything you had away almost. I remember all of that. Every time she faced a challenge, she faced it with grace and honor and such patience. The lad has only pastored in Cesar for a short time, but it's very clear to me that God sent you and Joyce into my life that made a great difference, not only to baptize me, but to introduce me to a host of friends. I mean, the Laddas, the Mitchells, and on and on and on. Friendships grew. I will be forever grateful that you and your wife came to that little town, and I'll never forget it. A few years later, you went to Africa. I visited you there. What sacrifices you and your family made, Fossima, Boma Hills, Monrovia. It was in Africa that I realized what great sacrifice and what great dedication and the depth of Sister Lada's commitment to her God, her husband, and her family. Alongside of his passions and evangelism was the faithfulness, sacrifice, stability, stability and strength of Sister Lada such humility and such wisdom. Later, when I became the regional director for Europe in the Middle East, brother and sister Latta would become regional evangelists and furlough replacements in the region, giving me the privilege of actually enjoying our fellowship and honor my pastor and sister Latta in their final years of missionary service. Brother Sam, I know you're gonna miss, miss your sweet Jojo. There's no words that any of us can say, except I encourage you to always remember all the ways along the way that God has kept you and done marvelous things down through the years for you and Sister Latta and remembering that God is always faithful. Hold fast to that promise that he will not leave you nor forsake you at this point in your life. As has been mentioned already, Sister Latter was a writer, and she one day wrote and handed me a poem. I still have it. And no, you can't have it. She wrote at the top of the page, Don't let go of the moment when Jesus comes by. That's a sermon in itself. And thus she wrote. Everyone I looked at had tears in their eyes. You see, self-righteousness had closed us so long, and we had lost our hearts, sweet song. I wanted to wear a garment of praise when at last I looked on my Savior's face. He was clothed with such brightness when he looked to see, but my rags kept him from embracing me. Oh, Jesus, clothe me in your righteous white and hide my nakedness from your pure sight. 
Now freedom reigns in my heart white as snow. Forever to others your glory I'll show. Joyce Latta. And that's exactly what Joyce Latta did. She showed forth his glory. She was definitely a shining vessel of grace, beauty, righteousness, and humility. Her life reminds me of many things in the Bible regarding the character of a good woman. She encountered danger, heartache, and defeat, but was not ever defeated. She was a woman of faith. She extracted poetry and compassion from her heartaches and experiences and saw the good and the beauty in life. She loved her husband, her children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and was sober-minded, chaste, kind, and definitely a worker at home. I wish she would have taught you how to make coffee. She was intelligent and reverent, and her adorning was in the incorruptible apparel of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. Many from nations around the world shall rise up to call her blessed. She will certainly have a place among the redeemed. Life's race well run. Life's work well done. Life's crown well won. Sister Joyce Slato will always be remembered by us. Thank you. At this time, Bruce Howe, the general director of Global Missions, representing the vast missions family around the world, is coming to make a few remarks. And first of all, today, I want to say that I give glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and thank God for what he has done in our lives and in the life of Sister Joyce Latta. To say Sister Joyce Latta is to automatically put with that name Sam Latta. My point is teamwork. Brother Latta, we are aware that everything that you have done in your ministry is not just you, but it's a result of Joyce Latta. You said when we were together, it wasn't 50-50 in our marriage. It was 100 and 100. Your wife is one of the sweetest ladies I've ever met. She always was so soft-spoken. Now, I know the family is here, and you can tell me some other sides of this, but I can't imagine her ever being angry. I can't imagine her ever raising her voice, but I can see some expressions here that some of you may have seen that side, but I never did. Uh, she's an angel and such a soft-spoken lady. And as I began to think about your ministry and what God has done overseas, a few couple of years ago, I was in Liberia for the nationalization ceremony. Uh, Madam Sirleaf was there, the president of the country. Uh, I've had many political people come to services I've been in, but she sat there for three hours in that heat and listened to me preach. And uh, in a church that you had a hand in seeing start, and I want to honor Sister Joyce Latta for the sacrifice that she has made.
Today in Liberia, we have a very strong, thriving church, a nationalized church that is under national leadership. And I thank God for Brother and Sister Latta and their ministry in that. Also, I'd like to say I've had the opportunity to visit Zimbabwe. And I've had the privilege to preach there. And I thank God for that. And this week, I was in another meeting. Somebody was talking about the Lattas in the Czech Republic and about how your ministry there when you were there for a period of time. And they talked about your good ministry. But I hate to tell you, Brother Latta, they didn't talk a lot about, I don't remember them giving a title of your message, but I just remember them saying about how Sister Latta waited on you hand and foot. Oh, yeah. They said she waited on you, and I guess you don't make very good coffee. I do, and I'll be glad to teach you if you need to know. I know that you have traveled around the world and that God has blessed you. When they went to the mission field, there were no PIMs. When they went to the mission field, there was no guarantee that they were going to have money. There was no deficit spending in those days. There is today. You paved the way. And I give honor to the Lord Jesus Christ, and I honor people like Sister Joyce Latta and Brother Sam Latta, who are great missionaries that paved the way for us to have the revival we have today. And I want to honor them with all of my heart. Praise God. And I want to say that God is blessing, and we honor you, but not only you, your children as well. I want to thank you for your sacrifices. I mean that with all of my heart. And may God richly bless you and the grandchildren and the great-grandchildren. The Lord bless you. Thank you so very much for everything that you have done. And on behalf of Brother David Bernard, our General Superintendent, Global Missions, the missionaries, all levels of national ministers, the staff and executives of Global Missions at our headquarters office, district directors and the Global Missions Board, I'd like to say that we express our condolences to you, Brother Latta. We honor your sweet wife. We thank you for everything that you have done. We know that these days in the future will not be easy, but I thank God for her service as a mother, a grandmother, a wife, but most of all, a servant of the Most High, Jesus Christ. Brother Latta, to you and all of your children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren, our prayers cover you. Brother Latta, God is going to give you strength. God is going to give you the encouragement you need. Children, in the moments when you miss your mom, I want you to know Jesus is our comforter. And if you will allow him, he will take and he will touch you and give you everything you need. My name is Zane. I'm Alan's son. Um, I got the privilege of, of flying out here a couple weeks ago to spend time with my grandmother and family and my grandfather. And when I was speaking to her, the whole time, she was so selfless. She was worried about everyone else and everything else going on around you to the point of give the nurse the cookies and give them this, give them that. And, and when you think of her and all that she's done in her life, selfless is the only word that can sum it up. Um, during this time, I mean, what we can learn from her is, is so much more than we can imagine. I, uh, when she passed, my, I have a three-and-a-half-year-old little girl. Um, I was crying. And she comes walking in the room and she says, Daddy, why are you sad? And I said, well, my, my grandmother's gone. And she said, well, why are you sad? She's with Jesus. Three years old. And instantly I became so thankful for that to know that she's with the Father. And uh, I started thinking. I called my grandpa a couple days ago and I just said, hey, man, you know what I'm thinking? And he goes, what? And I said, she's in heaven. And there's so many people probably walking up to her right now saying, hey, you're the reason I'm here. You're the reason I'm here, and for that, thank you. 
And he said, friend, you may not know me now But then he said, but wait You used to teach my Sunday school When I was only eight And every week you would say a prayer Before the class would start And one day when you said that prayer As Jesus in my heart And thank you For giving to the Lord I am alive that was changed Thank you For giving to the Lord I am so glad you gave Then another man stood before you And said remember the time a missionary came to your church His pictures made you cry He didn't have much money But you gave it anyway and Jesus took the gift you gave And that's why I'm here today Thank you for giving to the Lord I am a light that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. One by one they came, or as the eyes could see. Each life somehow touched by your generosity. Little things that you've done, the sacrifices made. I noticed on the earth, in heaven now proclaimed. And I know up in heaven. You're not supposed to cry But I am almost sure There were tears in your eyes Jesus took your hand You stood before the Lord He said, my child, look around you For great is your reward You sing it out Thank you Forgiven to the Lord, I am a light that was shed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am so glad you gave. Let's lift our voice and declare it. Let's honor. Thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a life that was changed And thank you for giving to the Lord I am so glad you gave
thank you for giving to the Lord. I am a light that was changed. Thank you for giving to the Lord. We are so glad you gave. 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 And if you were ever invited to her house for dinner, she displayed that love in her cooking and she never let you come there without offering you something. But I stand here today, I'm the third born. I'm the dude that was born at home, actually born in a church. The roots of the Latta family from Cesar to Moline, there was times in Bloomington and then the times overseas. But Moline Church is kind of where it all started. Thank you, Brother Randall, for coming precious man of God, and we have uh, many, many great roots. There's some things about mom that, that just really stand out, and I was thinking the day I left home, and they boarded us on a plane to come back to the U.S. I think I was barely 18. Regan was probably 17, and we had made plans. We thought, you know what? We're leaving home. This is our chance to get out and spread our wings you know we've been cooped up at dad and mom's house you know you don't get a choice in some of these things you were told boy get out of there and, and get to work and do this and yeah well, I mean it was military and uh, dad didn't cut us any slack and you know there was a reason for that but moments before we got on the plane my mother handed me a letter and I think he gave one she gave one to Regan as well. But it was, in essence, the loaning time is over. We've given you to God, and the challenge came. It said, who you are is God's gift to you. What you become is your gift back to God. And before the plane ever got off the ground, I sat there with tears in my eyes, and I began to really think hard about some decisions that, I could make and I made up my mind I'm going to live for God and the challenge came what does it take to live for God anybody can walk away mother never stopped she persevered and in the beauty of her uh, commitment even when her father passed away we were just a short time in Rhodesia, now Zimbabwe, when her father passed away. And they were going back and forth, what to do, what to do, does mom need to go home? And my mother made the decision, she said, I'm not going to go home. I want to remember my dad like he was. Instead, I want to buy the church a piano. And so she forfeited going overseas. That's the kind of selfless person she was. And you know, we never heard about it again. 
It wasn't used as a secret weapon when things got tough. See that? I would like to introduce to you Dr. John David. Dr. John David used to babysit us when we were small boys in Liberia. I have never seen the face of Jesus. I have never shaken hands with him. But I have seen the face of the ladders. Brother and Sister Lado. They came to Liberia. I was never born in the Christian church. I was born in a Muslim family. And that's how I started my life as a Muslim. Today, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian because of the work, the song that my other young brothers just sang right now, it gets to me because of how you have given to mission. Brother Lada was one of the first missionaries. Now we call him Brother Lada here in the States, but in Liberia, we don't call him Cowboy, Cowboy Lada. That was his name in Liberia because young, because handsome and ever very tall, and you always wore cowboy boots. And if the lawnmower did not work, get one kick, we'll get it going. <laughs> I think Reggie and the others know that very well. I mean, that how one kick, we get that lawnmower going. But I am so glad how these people have impacted my life while they were in Liberia. And all the time went to the bushes. They, what, you know, they, they always talk some of their experiences in the bushes. We did not have any seesaw, but we all made our own seesaw, isn't it so? Yeah. And it was so beautiful. And I am very, very glad, Brother Lada, we could not have missed this for anything. Because everything I am today, you made me to be. Today, yes, I have a PhD in higher education. I teach part-time at Central Washington University. I have a full-time job at Terran County College in uh, Fort Worth. But all of those things don't mean much to me because all of that is because of how much these people have deposited in my life. I can never forget it. And everywhere that I go, my son asked me the other day when I come in here, he said, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to see my mother that just died. And then he said, how many mothers you have? <laughs> Praise God. But I don't take it very lightly, the work of missionaries abroad. And I know unless you go, you don't have the same kind of testimony as they have. Because the world will never be the same to you when you step outside of the United States. And I am very, very happy, Brother Lara for what you have done in my life. Beautiful family, and I know why it is like she never say anything. Beautiful, when Brother Lada was kicking the lawnmower, you know that Sister Lada will always keep everything calm. I mean, she was just keeping everything calm. When I got married, and my wife and I, sometimes we get in an argument, and she would say, you know now, John, we can't go to bed angry. 
And that's what the Bible said. And I said, yes, this is why I want her to stay up and fight. Get over with. Praise God. I have a letter here that I'm going to read. And it comes from the people of Liberia. That beautiful church. I was there three years ago, Berlada. You will never notice it. The sign is still there that you put there on the side of that church. Now it has upstairs. And when I went to the Sinclair United Pentecostal Church, you have over 800 people in Sunday school. I could not believe where they came from. He had children all outside of the church. The church is so full of people to hear the gospel. No air condition, nothing of the kind, but nobody is going anywhere. And every time you see that church, the decoration and everything the ladder put there, it is still there. They are not changing it. Your footprints are on a lot of lives. And thank you. Thank you. National Headquarters, United Pentecostal Church of Liberia, December 14, 2016. This letter was written to Brother Ladder. Reverend Ladder, we greet you in the name of Jesus and please accept our sincere sympathy for the sudden death of your wife, our mother, Mother Ladder. We are very sorry for such loss, and it is definitely a shock to hear the news of a homegoing. No doubt, this sudden passing of your wife has been, a dis- have been disturbing for you and the family, and for the many other people who knew and cared for her, kindly have the assurance that we are praying for you and for the family. We hope that in some small measure, these words of condolence and the word of condolences will bring you some comfort at such a time as this. We are reminded of these words from Isaiah 14, 41, 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. For I am thy God. Matthew 5, 4. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Again, please know that we are sharing in your pain and in your sorrow for your loss. Please accept our deepest sympathies. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Bishop Dr. Stephen Benner. National Superintendent, United Pentecostal Church of Liberia. Thank you, friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, for your participation in this momentous occasion for our family. My mom and dad blessed me the most when they gave me a sister and two brothers. Every child needs a sibling or a pet or something, and so uh, (laughs) yesterday, looking through 
Mother's cedar chest, which is like a time capsule, like a sacred thing to, to us, I found my report card from kindergarten. So, you know, report cards, you get reports from the teacher, right? My mother adds comments to it. <laughs> yes, thank you for this report, but he's also picking on his younger siblings, and I'm suspicious that he's doing this at school as well. <laughs> if he is, make sure he's not hitting back. She's known for her quiet spirit and her, prophetic, her, her uh, poetic gift. But I tell you, in raising children, she had a prophetic gift. She could preach. She was an exhorter. She could give you a thousand reasons and counting to be obedient or why you shouldn't have done something you did. And finally you would say, okay, mom, spank me. No more preaching. I can't take it anymore. Today, we leave Joyce's earthly remains, but not her fruits. Today, we bury this woman of God's voice, but not her words. Today, we lay this loving wife's hands to rest, but not her works. Today, we rest this missionary's feet, but not her walk. Today, we cover Mama Joy's dear heart, but not her legacy. Today we hide the uniform, the earth suit of this great soldier, but not her victories. Today we say goodbye, but not for long. For one day soon God's trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them, with mother, with grandmother, with wife, with sister, with cousin, with auntie together in the air and to meet the Lord, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. At my father's request, I'm going to read a poem I wrote for their 50th anniversary, and with each anniversary that came along, I would re-edit it and add it and tweak it so it would reflect that year, and, and now I, I just ended this one with 60 plus. Agreeing to go around the world, she said yes to his proposal, such a young couple, this boy and girl, gave themselves to God's disposal. From the cornfields of Illinois to the peach trees of Georgia, the glorious gospel they did noise in cities, towns, and suburbia. This man named Sam and woman named Joyce, through serving and preaching, were as one voice, impacting nations and churches and leaders disarming powers, exposing deceivers. For 60 plus years, three score and mo, thousands did hear of life without end, husband and wife so faithful to go for Christ and his kingdom to reap and to sow. Navajo, Indian, and Hottentot, rich, poor, vagabond, and big shots, all heard the truth of Jesus Christ and his narrow way to eternal life. Oh, what a difference six decades can make. When these two agreed, the demons must shake. With courage, they'd gone. With wisdom, they've built. Investing their all, lives spent, but not spilt. Four children they raised, three sons and a daughter. Their parents are praised, whom this day we honor. From 1955 to 2016, these spouses were Sam and Mama Joyce Dean.
who went on to her reward Tuesday, December 13th. Dad called her Jojo. We called her Mom. But when they became grandparents, they didn't want to be Grandma and Grandpa. They thought they were too young. So Dad wanted to be Big Daddy. And Mom wasn't having that. I'm not going to be Big Mama. <laughs> so they agreed on being Daddy Sam and Mama Joy. And it stuck. We love our Mama Joy. And our congregation in Grand Bay, Texas, knows her as Mama Joy. Thank you so much for loving Mama Joy. At this time, my souvenir from Zimbabwe, my wife, Yvette, is coming. This is a celebration. Can we agree? I don't know if anybody on the back row can smell the fragrance that is up here, but it's delightful. Mama Joy's favorite flower was the rose. And this sweet-smelling fragrance that is up here is a wonderful reminder of the fragrance that she brought into a room anywhere in the world. Anywhere. I remember when I met Alan and his brothers. I later met Gayla and Greg right as we were leaving Africa to come back to America. But I met them on a Friday night at a Presbyterian youth meeting. I was 18, and Alan was 20. His brothers, they're still really good looking now, but they were really hot back then. <laughs> he came to me at the end of that, that service and said, hi, my name's Alan. And I just quivered him with my little knees, and I thought, he is cute and American. This is awesome. I went home and woke my parents up and said, I have just met the dreamiest American. He has the kindest eyes in the world and I don't think he could hurt a fly. And my little Jewish father said, that's nice, sweetheart, but what's he got going for him? What's his powers? I'm like, I don't know. I just know he's cute. That's all I know. And the next day he came to my house and from then a, f a friendship developed and that following week I went to his home and met his wonderful parents. I met Mama Joy and Daddy Sam, and I felt so much love in their home. One of the first memories I have of being with them was her handing me a glass of iced tea. Now where I'm from, we drink hot tea with milk and sugar, and we drink iced coffee. But she gave me a goblet of iced tea with a lot of ice in it. And where I'm from, you're lucky if you get one or two pieces of ice. And so I, in an endeavor to be appreciative, began to drink this goblet of iced tea and the ice touched my nose. And I'm like, oh, that's different. So I had to hold the ice like this in order to drink it. And they thought that was the funniest thing. So anytime I went over there, they're like, get the iced tea out. Let's watch her make a fool of herself drinking that iced tea. I love iced tea now. I have wonderful memories of my mother-in-law. I'm very honored to be a part of the latter family. I was already a Christian when I met Alan, but I was hungry for more of God. And I started going to their church, and at the time they were meeting in a little scout hall with no carpet on the floor 
and school chairs to sit on. And their three sons would sing beautiful harmonies, Dallas home songs, and then Mama Joy and Daddy Sam would get up and play the guitar, and Mama Joy would play her accordion. And, and I was just mesmerized by this wonderful American family who would leave their home and come to my country to pour themselves into a people they didn't know. I am fruit of their ministry today. And I am one who would say thank you for loving the Lord and for coming to my country and pouring yourself into my country and leaving a legacy behind where people have now gone all over the world and are sharing the gospel as a result of what you have done, Daddy Sam and Mama Joy. And Greg and Gayla, who went right after we came, they saved and served there as well and poured their life into our country as well. Thank you for your service. As a result of getting to marry into this family, we have, three, we have two children, a boy and a girl. Zane sang this morning. Our daughter Summer is here. She'll be coming up in a minute. Our daughter is named after Mama Joy, Summer Joy. We wanted to honor her with our children and Daddy Sam. And most of the grandchildren who are girls have joy in their name. Because we love her that much, we want her legacy to continue in our, in our um, family bloodline. I'm honored to be a part of the latter bloodline, I really am. We talk about Mama Joy and her t cooking. She made the best potato salad ever. And any time we would come to visit, she would make sure there was a chocolate cake sitting on a glass platter with a dome over it because she knew that's what I liked. She specialized in knowing what you like. She paid attention to small details in our lives. And I appreciate that. I've learned a lot from her as a mother-in-law. I believe today, some of you may differ on this. My husband and I actually differ on, on what we think happens when you pass. But I believe she's looking down and seeing her beloved and seeing her family and friends. And I believe she's rejoicing today saying, I serve the Lord with all of my heart. I gave it my best shot. And I'm so happy now that I am done with that part of my life and now I get to continue on in heaven with Jesus for eternity. I could go on, but I'm not going to. I'm going to read a poem that we talked about that I said I would be honored to read in memory of Mama Joy. It's in her poetic book, My Memory. What will I be remembered by? Is it the way I looked or how I lived? Will others think on when I die? 
Is it because I leave great riches or a mansion fair that others will think of when I'm no longer here? But no, let them remember some small kindness I have done, some sweet word I spoke before the setting sun. Let them say she showed mercy, her enemies she forgave, and tried with all her heart others to save. Let them say her home was open to strangers and their cares, that she made the way so easy for angels unawares. Yes, when my life is over and you think of me, I pray I have left treasures for everyone to see. I pray I've treated right each person I have met. I'm sure these are the things that you will never forget. And when my journey's over and my life is in the past, may I see his smile and hear, well done at last. By Joyce Jojo Latta. I could not do a speech without Isabella Joy. She's the youngest great-grandchild named after Mama Joy. I'm just so overwhelmed with all the love that's in this room for Mama Joy. She was an incredible woman, and her testimony rings loud throughout the earth of God's goodness and his sovereignty. I remember when I was a little girl, the first time I met her, they were living in Zimbabwe at the time, so I had to wait a couple years until they came home on furlough, and I believe I was about two and a half, and she had broken her foot. And I thought it was really interesting that she was on crutches and had an interesting boot on her foot. And she tells the story, oh, Summer, you thought you had a crippled grandmother the first time you met me. And, um, and I didn't. Um, but she was so concerned that I was going to just think of her as such. But on the contrary, she was the strongest woman that I've ever met. She was there with me when I was five years old at World of Faith Church in Houston, Texas. When I asked Jesus into my heart and I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, she was there for that. My mom on one side and mom and Joy on the other side. That's good. I grew up feeling like a princess when I dined at her table. Anyone who knows. Mama Joy, she treated you like royalty when you dined with her. About a year and a half when her health started, a year and a half ago when her health started to decline, Isabella Joy was a few months old and she and I hopped on a plane to come and see Mama Joy and Daddy Sam because she had to meet her, her most recent namesake. And we had the greatest girls' time with Mama Joy, didn't we? And I remember we were at Books A Million, one of her favorite bookstores. We were sitting there, and she began to share stories from her childhood that I've never heard. She had a, a bit of a hard childhood at first, but God in his redeeming love restored her family and she stood up one Sunday in church to give a testimony. And she said, I'm living in a whole new world. 
And a man that was in that service wrote a hymn called I'm Living in a Whole New World that was sung around the nation. She was eight years old. She said to me that day at Books a Million, a year and a half ago, she said, Summer, my dying wish is that my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren would love the Lord with all their heart, their soul, and their mind and strength, that they would serve him all the days of their life. Yes. Last night I was talking to my four-year-old son, Preston. He's here. And we've been talking about Mama Joy. and She passed away, and she's with Jesus now. And he said to me, so she's with Jesus? I said, yeah, in heaven. And he goes, okay, so can Jesus walk? I said, yes. Can Jesus talk? I said, yes. And he said, Mama, we need to catch Jesus. And I laughed. But the Lord spoke to me, that's it right there. That's part of the legacy. That's part of her life's testimony. We need to catch Jesus. And when you catch him, you don't let go of him. I love Mama Joy. And when we lose a loved one, they are never forgotten until the ripples that they created disappear. And the ripples that this woman created will ring out through eternity. Mama Joyce, Pride and Joy, Gayla Joyce. To my dad, she loved you above all. She sacrificed all for you. To my three brothers and I who are the ripples of her life, my oldest brother pastors a church. My middle brother is a musician and an artist and runs his own business. My baby brother is a businessman in his own right, 
and runs his own business. And I feed children around the world. When I was a child, I saw my, my mother love everyone. I watched her, not just her words, but her example. She taught me how to set a table, how to treat people, how to care for the unlovable, and not be afraid to touch the untouchables. I was blessed to be the last one with her when she spoke her final words. Her last full conversation on the phone, and I would call her morning and night, wherever I was around the world, I would call my mother and talk to her and say, good morning, mom, or good night, mom. She would ask me about the children in the country I was serving, and what did you find there, Gayla? What did you feed them today? And I know you love them, and I'm praying for you. The last phone call we had, she answered the phone. She said, hello, Gayla. It's good night here, but good morning there. My mother couldn't tell me she was sick. It was, oh, never mind, Gayla, it's all right. What's happening with you? And I would try to tell her, and she would rush in with words about my dad and what he was doing. And I would have to say, but mother, what are you doing? Oh, never mind. When she got her diagnosis from the doctor, I was on the phone with her when it happened. I said, Mother, just leave the phone line open so I can hear. Oh, no, no, no. She hung up. I found out from the doctors myself. She could never talk about it with me. But it was always Summer Joy, Isabella. My daughter's name is Angela Joy. What's Angela doing? My, grand, my granddaughter's name is Grace Anna. What's Grace Anna doing? When my daughter was little, I would call her about Angela's expertise, and she would say, oh, let me tell you what Melody's doing. Let me tell you about Megan. Did you know Brittany has turned such and such age today? Do you know Tyler is going to be traveling overseas and we're going to be praying for him night and day? Did you know Zane is now leading worship in his church? Benjamin looks so much like his granddad. And I would say, Mom, I love you. You know I love you too, Gayla Joyce. Who's coming to your house to eat? What are you going to feed them? Always interested in everyone but herself. So today I honor my mother with the children of Cambodia, which is where I've just returned from. She said, buy yourself something from Cambodia. I said, well, mother... I don't need a thing. What can I get you from Cambodia? Oh, I have things from everywhere. Don't worry about me. I was in Mexico when she began to fail, and I called her. Mom, I'm in Mexico, but I'm coming to see you. 
When are you going to get here? I'm coming as soon as I can. The feeding program there needed help for Christmas. I wanted to make sure those kids were fed. When I landed here, when I walked in the room, I came straight here from the airport. She opened her eyes and she saw me and she said, Gayla. I said, yeah, I made it. Angela stood at the end of the bed. She said, Angela, you're here. I said, yeah. I held this up and I said, Mom, I brought you a gift from Mexico children. I want you to know the children of Mexico, thank you for putting in my heart through your hands the love for them. She saw the color red. It's her favorite color. I spread it over her and began to pray for her. Two days later, in the quiet of the night, I put my hand on her head and I said, Mom, let's pray in tongues. Let's start praying in the Holy Ghost. We prayed and prayed. And I watched her mouth the words, I love you, Jesus. And I said, Mom, what do you see? She said, the door is open. I said, let's pray some more. We prayed some more, my face right next to hers, and I said, what do you see? She said, angels. I said, let's pray some more. And we prayed, and finally I felt it lift, and I said, what, 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 mother, what do you see? She said, finally. That was the last word she said. My mom made it home. My mom made it home. In honor of her today, I give it back to my mom from the children of the world. From the children of Liberia, John David, when we were kids, to far across the lands of Cambodia and Fiji, we all will meet you there one day when we all get to heaven. I love the Ladder family. There's always been something special with us and uh, Brother Sam Ladder's children. I want to read to you a verse of scripture. Psalms 22 and 26. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. The heart of Joyce Latta. This was the song that David sang when he was delivered from all strife. Sing, Joyce, sing on. Join David in the course. Pick it up at the course. For you have been delivered from all strife. You're through. We're still stuck with it. 
but you're through. Done. So your heart, the Bible just told us, lives forever. And of course, we understand it's talking about the seed of affection and soul and, and the part that lives on. But for it to bring it down so close to us, where we are right now, your heart, your heart shall live forever. So you join now eternity's song. You're not singing with our congregation anymore. You're not singing in anybody's choir that's on earth, but you're now joining eternity's choir. And the way I read this scripture that everybody's going to be able to sing. Joyce was a routine person. The way she cleaned her house and cared for her home was routine. The way she cooked was routine. The way she shopped was routine. The way the way she served the Lord was routine. I am sure that the um, people that sell the greeting cards is going to feel the effect of Joyce leaving <laughs> because she would spend a lot of time doing that and she always came out with just the right, just the right card to make you feel good. Now, Atlanta, Atlanta to to some was tall, tall buildings, elevated trains, peach dropping ever so often. But to Joyce, Atlanta was gone with the wind. And because she was a romantic. And uh, that's the way she thought. That's why that she did not just see a butterfly, she saw a poem. That's why she didn't just see a rose, she saw a poem. She didn't see just a child, she saw a poem. She didn't see just a trial, but she saw a poem. She was very unique. Joyce was very unique. I used to travel some with Brother Lado. We would travel and go from rally to rally every night. When we would get at the hotel, he would open his suitcase, and there was a note that Joyce had put in there for him to read when he gets to where he was going. Now, the difference in me and Sam was I loved Joan and Joan loved me. But just to get me off on a trip, everybody had to pray through. I didn't have any notes. In fact, right then, I probably wouldn't want one. 
Joyce is going to love heaven. She's going to love heaven. <laughs> She's just going to love it. <laughs> Joyce, you're going to be at home around those angels because you always loved angels. Angels was just one of your things. Joyce loved fine china. I can just see you at the marriage supper. Fact is, you'll probably want to be a, a hostess. I remember something about it. My wife was mentioning something about Sam and Joyce going to some theme park or something, and they were going to the Fountain of Youth. Pasta de Leon, Fountain of Youth. And Joyce wanted to drink a little of the, from the fountain, and she naturally wanted Sam to, if she was going to be a young woman, she wanted a young husband. <laughs> and so <clears throat> the, the lady that handed them the cup of water said now I would suggest you not drink very much of this <laughs> really it's you know just a sip Sam said if I paid eight dollars to get in here I'm drinking it off <laughs> he had to give 16 later not to have drank it I can tell you that I gotta I have a a reading that I want to Read to you. The young mother set her foot on the path of life. Is the way long? She asked. And her guide said yes. And the way is hard. And you will be old before you reach the end of it. But the end is better than the beginning. But the young mother was happy and she would not believe that anything could be better than these years. So she played with her children and gathered flowers on the way and bathed them in the clear streams and the sun shone on them and life was good and the young mother cried, nothing will ever be lovelier than this. Then night came and storm and the path was dark and the children shook with fear and cold, and the mother drew them close and covered them with her mantle. And the children said, Oh, mother, we are not afraid, for you are near, and no harm can come. And the mother said, This is better than the brightest of the day, for I have taught my children courage. And the morning came, and there was a hill ahead, and the children climbed and grew weary, and the Mother was weary, but at all times to the children, she said, a little patience, and we are there. So the children climbed, and when they reached the top, they said, we could not have done it without you, mother. And the mother, when she lay down that night, looked up at the stars and said, this is a better day than the last, for my children have learned fortitude in the face of hardness. Yesterday I gave them courage, today 
I gave them strength. And the next day came strange clouds which darkened the earth, clouds of war and hate and evil. And the children groped and stumbled. And the mother said, Lift, look up, lift your eyes to the light. And the children looked and saw above the clouds everlasting glory. And it guided them and brought them beyond the darkness. And that night the mother said, This is the best day of all, for I have shown my children God. And the days went on, and the weeks, and the months, and the years. And the mother grew old, and she was little and bent. But the children were tall and strong and walked with courage. And when the day was hard, they helped their mother. And when the day was rough, they lifted her, for she was as light as a feather. And at last they came to a hill, and beyond they could see a shining road and golden gates flung wide. And the mother said, I have reached the end of my journey, and now I know that the end is better than the beginning. For my children can walk alone, and their children with us. I'd rather have Jesus. 